Hello, everybody. Before we dive into today's episode, um, first of all, I hope you guys are, if you have the chance, watch this episode. Uh, you can go to Spotify. There's now a video version of the podcast, which I hope is an exciting new evolution for the podcast. So excited for that and excited for you guys to hopefully be able to see this um, for the first time. Definitely still trying to figure it out. So give me a little bit of, uh, you know, breathing room here as we try to figure out how to do uh, the recording through video. But either way, before we dive in today's, into today's episode with Jason Grubb, I wanted to remind you guys of our two sponsors, the first one being Routine. Routine's become a product that I use every day on a daily basis. Um, it's essentially a single-serve packet that you tear open, and it helps with my hydration first thing in the morning. I, what a lot of people don't know is when you sleep, you lose between a pound and a pound and a half of water, mainly from expelling vapors, sweating. Each of these packets contains half an organic lemon, one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt, all six essential electrolytes, and most importantly, no sugar. I just tear one of these packets open, dump it into 20 ounces of water, and we're good to go. Routine, trusted ingredients, made convenient. If you want to give them a chance, give them a shot. Go to yourroutine.com, and you can use code SHANEWHITE30 at checkout for 30% off your first order. Today's episode is also brought to you by Elite Sweets. Elite Sweets is redefining the way we think about sweets with their Elite Donuts. The Elite Donut is a better-for-you donut that is packed with 13 grams of protein. They're gluten-free, keto-friendly, and contain only one gram of sugar. I love these bad boys. They are so good when you just want to have a cheat meal or a cheat snack, but you really know you shouldn't. Um, Elite Sweets is a phenomenal product to put on your shelf. They are launching this fall a shelf-stable version that will have all the same um, nutrition breakdowns. They're honestly they're going to be phenomenal. You guys are going to find them everywhere before you know it. Um, but for now, you can get yours today at EliteDonut.com or on Amazon. Either way, if you use code SHANEWHITE30, you'll get 30% off your order. All right, everybody. I'm really pumped today for you guys to all listen to Jason Grubb. He is now a three times or three time, three years in a row CrossFit Games champion. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy. All right, everybody. Thanks. actually heard really good things about this yeah it looks good it's supposed to be a lot more user-friendly for podcasts um, that's great and then like post-production stuff not that i do a lot of that but i'm um, yeah i'm always really curious i just started using Streamyard uh because oh, nice. i wanted to do some more streaming yeah and it is nice with a pay a slight upgrade and i'm able to stream to you know my, my facebook group and youtube at the same time it records it, it saves the recording as well uh so, so far, so good, but I may have to check this. I, does this do streaming or is it only... It does uh, do streaming, too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Very cool. I, I've heard yeah. great things about StreamYard. I, that, that was the other one I was considering to do, and then I was like, I'll just give us a whirl for a month. Yeah. I started running into the issue of uh, I was using Zoom, and then I hadn't upgraded. So like my last podcast I did, it cut off at 40 minutes and didn't tell me. Oh. And so <laughs> I've I was done like, that. I need to upgrade myself. This is not, that's yeah. not professional. <laughs> I definitely did that as well. Well, Jason, thanks for coming on the show, man. I'm, I didn't give you a ton of background, but typically what I do is I just roll right into it. And, and I, I know I briefly gave you an overview, um, yep. but first of all, just thanks for coming on the show. I wanted to hear about your story. And uh, before we dive in, I'll, I'll definitely tell you, I, I think I just stumbled across you. I don't even know. Honestly, I'm not even sure what I was looking at or, or how I, I stumbled across you. I've been doing CrossFit just out of my garage, like not competitively. Yeah for fun. Um, and I thought your story was super cool, to be honest. Uh, that was, yeah. that was kind of the beginning of me following you. And then obviously I watched you this year at the games and congratulations on another successful year. And I was like, I got to get this guy on the podcast. He's got such a yeah. cool story. Thank you. The, the games went really well this year. There's never a guarantee that I'll qualify for the games, let alone do well at the games or, or get up on the podium. Um, I've, I've, I've got a decent track record now at the games, um, which is good. That's, it's great for confidence, but it, it puts a big, big target on my back. So the guys, everyone's always getting better. And at 46 right now, I'm 46. Um, I'll, I just got to keep working. I'll, I, I like this. I like this. I love the competitive nature of this. So, um, I'll just continue to try to stay healthy, try to get better, um, stronger, fitter, faster. Um, cause they're not, no one else is slowing down. So I'll just keep, sure. I'll just keep pushing it. No, it's been crazy to give you a little background of me. Cause I think it's, you'll think it's interesting. I, uh, I didn't know anything about CrossFit, grew up in Indiana, um, moved to Chicago. My wife's from here and, um, started working for a company called RX bar and yeah, yep. yeah back before, back when I joined, it was right before they got bought out by Kellogg. By the time it was interesting cause they were at this inflection point. And one of the things early on was just the founders of it. And then a lot of the early team members there, they were all big CrossFit uh, enthusiasts and yep. in, in, in that community. So I quickly learned what it was, built my own garage setup, and it's something now I'm addicted to. Um, oh. But I that was when I first started even watching it, like the games yes. and just in, in general taking part in the open. Um, yes. So it's been really cool. It's been wild even, I think, since – so that was 2017. So it's in five years just watching all mm. of you guys, different age groups, right. different right. Um, different years, just how impressive everyone is getting. It's like it's, it's insane how fit everyone seems to be at the games. I mean they always yes. were, but now if you even look back five years, it's incredible. Well, yeah, and I, I'm as I was working my way up uh, – excuse me. <laughs> I was um, – I wanted to try to qualify for the games in 2017. Um, and I, I started CrossFit in 2013, uh, and I, I immediately was in love with it. I, I loved the, I loved the training. I couldn't figure out how everyone else was just so, so fit, but, yeah. but then, yeah, when I, in, in 2016, 2017, when I was trying to try to qualify for the games, I could not fathom how incredibly strong and fast, um, and capable these 40 plus dudes were that I was trying to compete against. Like it was, I, I didn't understand like, and now I, I've been a dominant player for the last four years and try to, try to share my experience and my journey 
uh, with those that were kind of in my shoes when I was when, in 2016, 2017, when I was trying to figure this out. But really, I, I couldn't believe how fit they were. And they still are. Yeah. Every time I arrive at the games and I look around and I... So our shorts will have a number on them. I'm wearing them, but I can't show you. But the shorts okay. will say, like, my number is 454. That means I'm in the 45-year-old age group. And fourth was my qualifying spot into the, the games. Oh, so I'm wearing okay. last year's shorts. Which, yeah, that's what the, the shorts are all like your qualifying spot. So I am 454 last year, I'm wearing last year's shorts. I was 454 this year. And as you're walking around, you look around, you see like 453, and you're like, huh, ooh, he's going to be tough. 452, oh, that's that guy. There's there's 452. 451, <laughs> you're like, that guy. I don't know if I can beat that guy. But every time I go, I look at these guys, and they are massive, strong, capable um, animals. And, and I, I'm absolutely intimidated every year that I go. I just... God, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be the year for me. I don't know. These guys look pretty good. I, I I wonder if some of that's to your success, though. Like, I feel like if you came in super confident and you're like, I've done this before. I got this. I, I'm yeah. sure having a little bit of nervousness and just uh, maybe it's just like lack of uh, of understanding yourself fit you are. Uh, maybe that's yeah, to your benefit. It, I've got a pretty kind of a pretty healthy fear of failure. Uh, so it it can provide fuel, um, adrenaline, um, and, and a lot of the motivation that, 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 uh, that, that goes behind it. So I, yeah, I do think it's helpful and it also gives me just a, a nice level head knowing that they're, it, it, this, the games, um, the competition floor there with, with eight events or however many events they give us each year, um, there are just margins. You're winning by small margins over multiple events and all of that adds up. You know, every 10 points that someone gains on you by, by beating you by one placement or every 10 points I gain by beating someone else in a placement has a dramatic effect. Like uh, this year, for example, uh, event one, I took second place. That was fine. I was a little bit annoyed. I thought I could win that workout, but I took second. There was no way I was getting first. Um, the, the guy was 20 seconds ahead of me. There's no way. So that's fine. Okay. okay. But then the, sec the second event was three combined totals. It was... Uh, five minutes for max calories on the uh, Concept 2 bike. So you open up with a five-minute sprint. Oh, that's sprint. a fun one. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> yeah. You just, you just, you're just in agony for five minutes. Uh, then you get off that, and immediately you have three minutes to establish a one-rep max weighted pull-up. So we never do that. It was yeah. totally foreign, totally unknown. So you're, you're, you're loading on weights, and you're doing math in your head, and you're also trying to like think of what your capacity actually is. Uh, so there's, there's that. And then right at the end of that three minutes, you have three minutes to complete a one rep max front squat. So you really only have like two or three potential efforts on that front squat. So I get through that whole event. I felt like I did really well. Uh, I could have gone another extra two to five pounds on the pull-up, but I ran out of time. I could have done an extra 10 pounds on the front squat, but I also ran out of time. I didn't plan my strategy through that as well as I would have liked. So in retrospect, I was a little frustrated at, at, the time I wasted because I didn't have a clear enough game plan on the floor and there's just no time. So you're, you're, you're well, just, it's full panic mode. How much What's time that? did you get before finding out that event until you, actually you know, the it? event, um, I mean, we had, uh, 18 hours before the event. It's still not very long. I mean, it's not of... long and we don't, you don't have, I mean, I'm not, you don't have the exact situation in the warm up area. So really like I knew, for example, the front squat, I knew I was going to start at, 
305. I was going to open up at 305 pounds. Okay. I knew I would go for 325 after that. And depending on how that felt, I would probably go for 335, 340, 345, something like that. The challenge is they only have a certain amount of plates on the floor for you to use out there on the competition floor. So you have mm. to do some really fast math. Like I start with 305, which is a blue and a yellow plate, uh, two blues and a yellow plate um, and a five. Okay. So really what I should have done after that lift is take off the yellows, put another blue on. So now I've got three blues on each side. That's 315 pounds. Now I can stack accordingly anything above that. I didn't do that because I wasn't thinking. And so when I got, I did this lift at 340, I was like, Ooh, that was easy. I yeah. had no plates to, to additionally put on. I needed to take plates off in order to get plates on bigger plates on. And I ran out oh, of time. You just, just wasted some time. You just waste time. Yeah. If I, if I would have thought, okay, after this lift, I need to peel this off, put this on this. And that's something I'll practice in the off season, this little, this little bit of strategy. And the reason the whole thing annoyed me was that I got fourth place in that event by two pounds. So oh, wow. that's cumulative calories. We were in the 110, 120 calories on the bike erg. I'm pointing to my, my bike erg is literally right yeah. behind me. Um, and the weighted pull-up, we're all over 100 pounds. And on the, the front squats, we're over, most of us are over 315, 330, something like that. And so I missed third place by two pounds, which is an easy extra pull-up. And one, a two and a half pound plate on that pull-up gets me that. Because it was all ran out of time. the same. They were all, yeah. weight was weight. Okay, got it. Yes. So, so I, um, that cost me 10 points. Those that two, those two pounds that cost me 10. And if 10 points was the difference between me and like first place or second place, I literally, I have lost, I'd lose my mind for an entire uh, 365 days until next yeah. year at the games. But thankfully that didn't come into play. But those are those little things where like the margin for error, two pounds out of a score that is in the 600s, two pounds is a difference between placements. And that stuff like that happens the entire games weekend for masters athletes, for individual athletes, um, there's just not that much separation between you and your competition. You cannot blow any event whatsoever. So I take all that very seriously when I'm there. Every single event is 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 its own it's its own thing. Like I, I can't even focus on the event six when I'm working on event five because it takes a thousand percent of my bandwidth and concentration and focus and visualization. I do all of these things to try to perform perfectly given my capacity and my abilities in that event. And when that's done, come hell or high water, I don't care what happens. I, I'm going to, I'm going to kill myself to get to the finish line. Yeah. Uh, Greg Glassman said about CrossFitters, um, men, people, men will die for points. This is just how CrossFit is built. We will die for points. Um, we do it in all sports. We, we kill ourselves for an extra point. And, um, every event is like that. That's so cool, man. Yeah, no, that's wild when you think about watching, like, as a as a spectator watching all of the different events. Uh, I feel like over the years, I've I've gotten a better understanding of of how things are pacing through the weekend. Yeah. Um, but to hear you just walk through that and understand how close you can be on any given event and how much that can throw you off, it's insane. Uh, um, it's in it's insane. Yeah, I would I would love to walk backwards. I I think mm -hmm. one of the things I really wanted to hit on today was understanding a little more of your story of, of yep. going to zero to one. Cause you did, you've done yep. a great job on social media for people who, and I'll obviously I'll tag you and everything after sure. this, but for people who want to check out Jason, um, I thought it was really cool. 
your story isn't that, you know, you were necessarily this crazy athlete forever and then you just decided to start doing CrossFit and you've always been this insanely fit individual. Your story was actually, I thought, really interesting to see how someone who maybe wasn't in the best of shape not only gets in good shape through CrossFit, but then becomes incredibly competitive. Would you mind giving everyone just a little sure. bit of background of, of your thirties yeah. and how you got into CrossFit and how you yeah. got from there to here today? Yeah. The, the zero to one was the, the, the biggest, the biggest transformation. Um, so I was, um, I, I, in my thirties, well, I, I was, I, I was a gymnast in, in high school, um, not high school, early high school, like, like junior high, like middle school. Oh, okay. um, I dabbled in gymnastics and that was just kind of a sport that I, I enjoyed at the time, which 30, 25 years later was helpful for CrossFit, but there was a nice 20 year gap in there that doesn't, it doesn't, you, you're still starting from scratch at 38. It doesn't matter who you are. But when I, when I got into my twenties, um, I got married young and had two kids under the age of 25. I was working, getting, um, my college degree, my master's degree, uh, while working full time, taking care of this, uh, of a family. And uh, I, I, I had a perpetual fear that I was going to end up being obese. Um, okay. that was something that was in my family, um, kind of genetic. I mean, just looking at all of my, my relatives, uh, obesity and addiction were big factors in all of them. So, uh, for me, one of the addictions was, um, uh, was tobacco that I picked up in my uh, late twenties, I guess I picked up, uh, chewing tobacco. I picked it up. That's really, it's, it's as if I caught a disease. No, I chose yeah. <laughs> to, uh, to try it. And it was stupid because my, I am very, I have a very addictive personality and I loved it. And then I just, I, I, I basically, uh, hid chewing tobacco for, for 12 years of, of my life. Um, and those, uh, mostly men out there that do chew tobacco, you know what I'm talking about when you're talking about you, you hide it. It's a hiding. It's, it's a hidden thing. It's like a security blanket that no one needs to know about. Um, ah. so that, and, and, uh, I drank a good amount of beer, two, three beers, probably every night for years and years and years. Um, but I was really afraid of being obese. So I would jog. I tried to jog partially for like anxiety, stress relief. Um, I tend to run pretty hot internally. Uh, my RPMs run high. So a good run will help me calm down. It'll help me uh, relax afterwards. It was almost, I almost ran, I also ran as almost an agreement with myself. I go for a three to four mile jog yeah, three or four times a week it, throughout my thirties. I mean, I, there'd be seasons where I'd be doing nothing and seasons where I would be jogging. Uh, but I would, it, it was really like a deal. Like if I jog, I can have pizza for dinner. Um, if I jog, I can eat whatever I want. If I jog, I can keep drinking, you know, 800 calories of beer every night or, or whatever, 600, 800 calories of beer every night. So I had this, I, I had this cognitive, I knew in my head that, uh, eating <laughs> bags of Doritos, um, eating pizza multiple times a week, uh, you know, having giant bowls of cereal for breakfast. I knew these weren't optimal, but I thought I could combat them by jogging and, uh, right around, I was probably 37 or 38 when, um, uh, my, my sister-in-law had told me, she, she told me, uh, I was actually, I was, uh, divorced at 30, uh, remarried, um, in my middle thirties. Okay. And, uh, my sister-in-law, my wife was pregnant. My sister-in-law was like, Jason, you would love CrossFit. I think you'd really like it. 
and it's really literally like over dinner and, and multiple times she said this over probably over throughout a year and every time i was like nah i don't i don't i didn't know what crossfit was i didn't even know what it was but i didn't need anyone to tell me what to do i know what i'm doing jogging I'm is jogging jogging is doing it yeah and it was something my my dad jogged my dad jogged every day for most of his life he's still alive he doesn't jog now but um but he jogged for years and years and years so it just had that embedded in me that jogging is how you do this um and it wasn't doing anything for me I, one um jogging three to four miles at like a 10 minute pace is not it, you might as well just walk walking is actually really healthy you should just walk for 45 minutes you're doing the same thing with less pounding on your joints you might as well just do that i didn't know any of that stuff at the time but uh she she kept saying jason i think you would like it. i think you would like it and i'm like i don't need anything and so then one time she's like hey look come join a class with me uh you'll get like a free month and i get like a free month if you join and i was like fine fine and okay. i hate <laughs> trying new things this is i was petrified honestly i was really scared and nervous to do something new to look foolish it was as if she asked me to come to a dance class you know like i i, sure, I don't know, the anxiety right it was so yeah. intimidating the anxiety was through the roof and and again i don't want to look foolish in front of a bunch of people so I went to this class. Thankfully, there were like three people. So anxiety relieved immediately. There was only like three people in this little class. And uh, randomly, the workout had um, handstand push-ups in it. And okay. they were like, well, Jason, this is what you should do. I was like, oh, I can do a handstand. They're like, really? I was like, it was one skill that I could. Oh, I, from I, the gymnastics days. From the gymnastics. Yeah, yeah I, was, yeah, I could yeah. kick up to a handstand. And I could hold a handstand for a little bit of time still. Uh, it just kind of retained that. So I kicked up to the handstand and they thought I was a god. They were, they had never seen anyone walk into a CrossFit gym with no experience and kick up to a handstand. So they thought that was so cool, which then in turn gave me just this little like ego bump, which was really sweet of them. And uh, I, I, I liked the class. I liked it. Now I didn't end up joining that gym. It just like logistically it didn't fit. So, but I did like it and I did call a CrossFit gym that was a little closer for my schedule, just a little closer to home. And I asked them about their membership. They gave me a free week, week to try. I went six days that week. Oh, wow. Loved it. Dove straight uh, in. Yeah. Yeah. That's also not the best strategy. I am, I am kind of an all or nothing kind of person. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, it, I, but I, I did like it and I jumped in head first. I mean, I injured myself within the first couple of weeks, like, pulling a rower like crazy because there were these other big thick like thick thicker fatter guys than me i'll just say fat they were fatter than me yeah and they were so fit they could just they were beating me in these workouts and i'm fairly competitive so i'm selling my soul on this little rowing workout <laughs> and i like i like bruised a rib i hit myself with the rower and it took me out for like a week um but that was the start it was uh November of 2013 uh, that I started, and um, I I liked it immediately. I was I immediately immediately touched the competitive side of me, which I have yeah. always been slightly competitive. So this CrossFit gym had you know you had an electronic leaderboard, so you would complete your workout and you'd put it in the app, and then it would show up on the on the the screen at the gym or in the app like. Of all the men in class, I was, you know, or throughout the day, I was 45th out of 50. Um, 
And so that starting off was at the bottom, which is normal. Yeah, start, of course it's normal. I have no experience. But it was enough to kick me into gear to get um, a little better, a little better, a little better. Uh, I was just talking with someone this morning. You know, they asked if 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 there were if if I ever if like if I couldn't do a handstand or if I couldn't do a particular element, would I spend a few weeks working on that one thing to get that particular skill? And um, my answer to them was like, no. I, I just went whatever with the workout of the day. I would work on the skill from that workout for that day, except double unders. Like within oh. like a month or two, I was so annoyed that I couldn't do double unders, which is you've got a jump rope. It's got to go under your feet twice with every jump. That's a double under. And we never did that in like elementary school. It was the last time I used a jump rope. Sure. And I, w I just super frustrated, thick head. I did not want to be the guy in class not able to do double unders. So for probably three or four weeks after every class, I spent um, probably a half hour working on double unders. Um, there's a little workout called Flight Simulator where you do five double unders, stop, then 10, unbroken, then 15, then 20, all the way up to 50, and then back down 45, 40, 35, 30. But the trick with this workout is, is if you trip on the 19th rep of your set of 20, you cannot pr proceed. You have yeah, to do I think I've done this before. Yeah, 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 it's it's awful. I remember the first time I did it. I mean, it's it is it's 20, 30, 40 minutes for some people um, because you just it, it's 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 very frustrating. But I did flight simulator <laughs> after class every day for probably two or three months until I could do that entire all the, up to 50 and back in like seven minutes or something ridiculous. Wow. That's um, great. Yeah. Yeah. And that but it was just one of those things where like I will not. I have to figure this out. I have to. And I mean, that's come in handy. Like I'm good at double unders now and they're second nature and they're, they're restful to me now. But, um, that was, that was that journey. And in that first year I was to continue that just a little bit. Um, I mean, I, I started in November by that following summer, I, I loved it. And I, I, I started to see changes in my body. I, I love to, I'd love to say that, um, I started CrossFit because my son was born in, in my nine-year-old. He's nine now. Yeah, he is nine now. So he was born. So I'm just coming up on my ninth year in CrossFit. Oh, um, wow. That's cool. There you go. It's easy to remember. It is easy to remember. I, I started three months after he was born. Um, okay. But I was concerned at the time that I wasn't super healthy and that I've got this new little guy. I've got to be healthy and around for a lot longer, like way more than, than 20, 30 years. I want to, I want to be a healthy uh, dad for this kid. I didn't know really how to do it. And it wasn't until I was kind of in CrossFit for a few months when my body started to change. I, I started to have, I had shoulders all of a sudden. Um, I, I could start to see some, some abs coming back from like, I had abs when I was a teenager, but that was sort of coming back. I remember thinking like, well, this is, this is a really cool thing. Yeah. I, I really like this. And by the following summer, I was like, I, I want to open a gym. I want to open a CrossFit gym. I think I want to help other people do this. And I did. I within six months. So, by the end of 2014, I had signed a lease and opened a gym in 2015. Oh wow! Uh, you, in, you straight up dove into this. Love it. Hundred <laughs> percent. Like it wasn't enough just to do it. It wasn't I had enough to make just to do it. Now. You're like, I'm gonna open my, my own. profession. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's my profession. And so, did you start doing that full time? Like, was this gonna be your full time focus? Yeah. Yeah. I had I had a business already at the time. It, uh, I was a wedding photographer, so I was already an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, shooting weddings in Colorado. And that was pretty much, you know, I'd shoot 10 or 10 to 15 weddings in a summer. 
and that would provide income for an entire year. Um, it was it was a it was very lucrative uh, that particular profession in the specialty that I was in. But uh, I did want to move on to something else, and this was my kind of exit strategy from wedding photography. And I'll tell you what, wedding photography is way easier than running a CrossFit gym. Way, way, way easier. Uh, running I, a CrossFit you know, gym, you're like the second or third person that's told me that this week. I don't want to cut you off. I want to hear the it rest is of this. Hard. It's funny yeah. because I, I've always, not always, in the last couple of years, I'm like, I really do genuinely think someday that would be a really cool thing to do. Um, but I've been hearing the exact same. Everyone, everyone that I know that has done one's like, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's so challenging. Um, I mean, at first, you, you're, you're, you're the only employee. You basically, what you do is you set, you set yourself up with a really nice job, a really hard job, actually. So. Um, for the first six months, you open and close the gym, and you're there all day. Um, and you're trying to recruit people to do something they don't really want to do. Now, once they get in and they love it, but that, but they've got to get over that hump. Like, is CrossFit safe? Should I be doing this? Is this does this make sense? And you've got to do all of that work, that groundwork for every single person that comes in. And then eventually, you need to hire staff and build staff, uh, which I had no skill sets for, but I had to learn how to do that. But um, it's a tough business. It's really hard. Uh, to charge enough money to support the rent and your employees and your staff and take in an income. Um, especially if you just think like if you open it, they will come because that is not, yeah. that's not the case. And it's, that's a whole different business strategy and location is, is a huge factor in building a CrossFit gym. Cause it, when it comes down to it, you are trying to do a really, really great thing and help people extend their life with this, with this overwhelmingly beneficial functional fitness. But when it comes down to it, it is a gym, and that's what people think of it as. And you you have to be in a location where people can just easily get to you. Um, and that's also tends to be really expensive spots, you know. So sure. Oh yeah. It's yeah, hard, yeah. and and it's so it's got to be expensive just in general, like the amount of equipment you need to get started. It's got to be insane. It is. It is. Yeah. I think I think we started with almost a hundred thousand dollars of equipment. Um, wow. Which again, these are this just you know one rower is a thousand dollars. So I was going to say, I think when yeah. I outfitted my gym, I don't know, I can't remember what I spent. I've like, every year I've added to it. I mean, it's got to be every year. Yeah. It's a hobby easily. Yeah. It's a garage. Yes. <laughs> I think I have 10 stuff. grand. I have 10 grand. I, so I'm in an RV right now. I live oh, full nice. time in an RV and this is my office. It's the garage portion of the RV. Um, okay. and I have like literally on the floor here, there's four barbells. There's you know, a few hundred pounds of, of weights on the floor. Here is a few hundred pounds outside. I have a bike or a ski or again, a rower behind me. Um, yeah, this is a, a very expensive situation. Um, but this equipment is going to last. It'll last forever. That's the fun part is that it, yeah. you know, a lot of this equipment, even the weights came from my first gym and that was eight years ago now. I mean, they're yeah. brand new looking and they've been pounded for eight years. So it's sure. Yeah. You're buying stuff buy good, like rogue yeah. or, you know, oh, concept yeah. too. That stuff is just going to last forever. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So you started a gym. Did it, yep. I guess that, that obviously that's not a thing anymore. You sold it or how did it, what, so did, did you, and I'm assuming you opened it and then did that just kind of excel your, uh, the ability to train more, your ability to do more than one workout a day type of thing? Yes. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, it, it's, it's, it's challenging to run a gym and try to be a competitive, a competitive athlete at the same time. Um, because it, you're just, everything is imbalanced. So just being an entrepreneur creates imbalance in, in your life. Generally, it's really hard to be balanced and be an entrepreneur. 
Yeah. Uh, so I did that, and then I added, I want to be an elite athlete to that. And so it became, um, when I say balanced, I mean, it's this, it's just not eight to, I'm not an eight to five kind of guy. Uh, so I would go in, coach classes in the morning, uh, you know, m have staff meetings or work with staff and, and do administrative things throughout the day. In the afternoon, I would tend to train uh, two to three hours, maybe four hours sometimes. Um, tried to make a run for the games when I was 40. Missed it. Uh, tried to qualify again when I was 41. Uh, all while owning and running the gym and, and doing all the things, thinking that I, I, if I train like crazy, I will get to the games. And I, I missed it again. Um, so actually, you, after, and, you, and, that, and that's, yeah. that seems like a bit to me, that's a big, yeah. that's a big leap to go from where you were to like, I want to go to the games. Had you yeah. had any success for anyone listening who knows the CrossFit process? Had you had success yeah. in the open or made it to right. regionals or anything? You know, no, I, I, so I didn't, so I did the open as a 38 year old and I was Love like it. top five, I was maybe 5,000th place or something like that. Sure. Uh, out of you know, like 400,000 or 200,000 men. So I was still okay. Uh, I did oh, it again. That's really good. You said yeah, 5,000 out really of good. how many? Out of, oh, there's almost 200,000 men. That, I was going to say, that's like you're in the top, what, top, 2%, 1%? Something. Yeah, I did okay. Yeah. I did okay those first couple of years, but you need to be in the top 0. 0.0001%, something like that to, to, to qualify. Uh, so when I was 40, I almost qualified, well, I qualified, um, for uh, the age group qualifier. So if you were the top 200 in your age group, you would go on to the next round of qualifications. Uh, and I did that as a 40 year old and a 41 year old. Um, and that was just working hard, working like training really hard. My diet hadn't changed that much. Still, okay. I was eating not amazingly. I was eating a, a bit better, but I hadn't dedicated myself to eating appropriately. Sure. Uh, but it's training like crazy. And so I had gotten into the top hundred in my age group Wow! Uh, at 40 and at 41, but you need to be I, top I imagine 20. at this point too, sorry, Jason, yeah, I was going to ask, okay. I imagine at this point too, you're not having two to three beers a night. You think wrong. I was. Really? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, well, impressive. it was, um, it was impressive what my body could <laughs> handle. Um, but it, but it was, it's really funny because what, I, you could be really fit and get top 100, but you needed to, like the difference between hundredth place and 20th place was still a huge gap, an absolute insurmountable gap. I, I, I had no idea after not qualifying at age 41, I really thought like, as I'm in this young part of this age group, this age group was 40 to 44 at the time, 40 would be, would be my best opportunity. That's what I thought, right? I'm yeah. the youngest in the age group and I missed it. 41, here's my next big shot. And I missed it. And I was really frustrated. And I remember thinking after not making it, I was like, okay, you know what? I hadn't followed a master's program uh, up to that point. I've been doing like uh, the same program that elite, uh, individual athletes, 20 year olds would do. Sure. And so I just sort of like, I just, I don't know what the right word is. I, I, uh, I forfeit. I, I, I do not know what I'm doing clearly. So I'm going to follow a, master's specific program so still competitive but master's specific so and what's the big I, difference is it volume decrease volume yeah, yeah big decrease in volume and i just decided i'm going to give this one year i'm going to give it a shot so i switched to a master's specific program was really concerned about the 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 lack of volume or much less volume that i was doing so that was a concern 
Um, but I, I was like, I'm just going to trust it and we're going to see what happens. Right. And then I also changed my diet. I finally, um, I actually read a book and it took me a lot of convincing, but it was a book called undoctored. It's the same uh, author as a book called wheat belly. Um, so that one's, that book's a little more, uh, well-known, but he wrote a follow-up book called undoctored. Uh, William Davis is the author. Really, really good book. Uh, I listen to it. I listen to books on audio when I'm, when I'm working out and it was a dramatic shift for me. Uh, basically removing all grain from my diet was the first step. Um, so beer is grain based. So yeah. that removes beer from my diet. Uh, I removed, you know, uh, bread, pasta, bagels, English muffins, every element of grain, oatmeal, even oats, all of that, all of that from my diet and started to eat, uh, I was still eating a good amount of protein, but I, it removes pizza. It removes chips. Yeah. I mean, it, it really clears the slate. So now I'm having eggs and broccoli and sweet potatoes for breakfast. Um, for lunch, it's it's chicken and uh, sweet potatoes and vegetables. And, and dinner is meat and more sweet potatoes or, or something starchy like that. Um, and so I did that for a year. Actually, 18 months strictly with zero grain whatsoever before wow. I started adding white rice. So now I do that same thing but add a little bit of white rice to my life to Cause I just got so tired of sweet potatoes that white rice. And no cheat meals in. or anything in here or is this not this... really? No. I mean, in that yeah. first year, wow. not, not a cheat meal, not one, no pizza, nothing. Um, then I moved. So that was the summer of 2017. I qualified for the games in the spring of 2018, having made those two changes, um, changing my diet to consist of nutrient dense, appropriate amount of protein, carbs, and fats, um, and, in my diet. Did you use that well, book mainly to understand the macro breakdowns or what? No, what else not did at all. Use? No, no. I had to, I had to hire a coach to okay. figure that out. And for me, it was a lot of trial and error with that coach. Now I do that nutrition coaching for my clients. Um, awesome. and I, I follow kind of the same prescription as, as we remove all grain, what all grain. And if literally, if their life is so sad because they can't have a bagel sandwich, after a couple of months, we'll add bagel sandwiches back into life. Like that's okay, but yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no need to live a sad life. I, I'm pretty much okay without grain. Now, after I win the CrossFit Games, or after I have won, I have indulged in pizza and beer. I have, and uh, you and it's should fine. too, right? That's yeah, probably as, as I should. Nice like little, uh, heck yeah, you know, post success. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not alcohol free. Uh, now I, I just, instead of having beer, I'll have uh, a glass of wine, uh, just cause it's not grain based. So yeah, that was a big change that I qualified less volume, proper diet qualified in 2018 and went to the games, super nervous, just like I am every year, just didn't want to be terrible and ended up, uh, getting third place. So that was, wow. It was big really, jump. it was a very successful, uh, experience. And I definitely had pizza. Even after third place, I still indulged in, in pizza. It was a big deal. Um, yeah, yeah. Then I, I did end up selling my gym in 2019 towards the uh, spring of 2019. There was just an opportunity to – there was another CrossFit gym really close by. There was an opportunity to merge those gyms. And for me to exit and for his gym to just – he took over my space, merged the gyms. Um, and then I just got to be a member of that gym and that oh, was nice. that was really nice and that was before covid so i got to escape that before covid happened which uh, shut down the gym for like six months that was really challenging 
but I didn't yeah. have to be there for that. Then I, at that point, I had switched to training people um, on nutrition and fitness online, which removed that the, the boundary of working with people in Golden, Colorado. Now I can work with people worldwide, which is what I do. Yeah. Now. Nice. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Good for you, man. Um, really cool. So that, that makes a ton of sense. So it seemed like you just went head, head first into this. Really got immersed into CrossFit. Um, I know yeah. it's funny. You actually hit on a couple of things that I think even myself, I tend to struggle with sometimes. And it's funny. I've, you might have dealt with this too. I bounced, I've bounced around to so many different types of programming that yeah. I think sometimes it's the, my lack of consistency that's probably held me back the most. And sometimes it's this, I, um, I've had Pat Sherwood on here a couple of times and I got yeah. really in the weeds with his whole concept Yep. Love him, love his, love his programming. But I've even told him this. I maybe it's because I'm I'm 30 and I'm still in that like I can do endless volume type mentality yes. and that which isn't necessary. But I do sometimes feel like his programming. I'm like I just don't feel like this is, a, this is enough of a workout for today. Like I this is one wad. Yep. I don't like I feel like I should be doing so much more. So I'm always doing more on top of it. Um, yes. Would love to know how you've thought through that. Like for me, I I yeah. went from you know the first in college, for example, my first uh, someone introducing me to fitness was old school bodybuilding. You know the typical everyone talks about the bro split type mm -hmm. mentality throughout the week. That that's what yeah. I did for a long time, and then not yeah. till you know end of twenty seventeen did I actually dive into functional fitness and CrossFit. Yeah. But even now, I feel like sometimes I feel like a week goes by and I'm like, it's so weird. I don't know. I'm like the programming. I feel like, am I actually like getting fitter, like aesthetically at all? And yep. I know to me, it's like having a performance lens is always what I'm trying to remember is more important for long-term health. But yes. obviously you want to look good too. when you're, when you're doing all these movements, so I'd be super curious from a programming yep. perspective, just any recommendations or I know you've used some mayhem stuff and I've, yep. I've delved a little bit into that, but that whole concept, I think, is a lot of people. I know at least my age that they tend to, we tend to go back and forth on this whole volume versus intensity conversation. Yes, and I mean, one shout out to Pat Sherwood. I think he's one of the one of the best orators uh, out there. Like he's just he's very thoughtful and, and brilliant in his approach on things, and and also one of the very humorous. I really really enjoy him. And um, I've I've gotten to know him. He's he's honestly just one of the best dudes I've ever met. Yes, he's just a genuinely yes. good guy. So shout out to Pat. In person and 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 yeah, he's he's great. I wish I wish he was commentating for the Masters athletes at the games with James Grundler. Like just to have Pat Sherwood. So do I. Talking about that because he's an he's a Masters athlete, and to have him yeah. share his his general perspective on life as and fitness as as a commentator. But um, anyway. Yeah, I think that I think you nailed it on the head, actually, um, that it's not as important what program you follow is that you follow it consistently. Um, this is something that I, I coach uh, my guys on a lot of uh, a lot of my clients are aspiring um, athletes, aspiring games athletes, like they want to compete at higher levels. Um, and I think there's I think there's an element of trying to compete at a higher level, as well as become fitter than normal. So I think you're even in that, mm -hmm. in that range of like, you want to train for performance and aesthetics. So it, it, it is really important to follow a good program one. And there's, there's lots of good programs out there, but follow it consistently because they live and breathe programming. This is all yeah. they think about. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't program for elite athletes. Like I cannot program better than mayhem or, Hardware pace off or comp train or misfit. 
um, and the ones I'm not, or Invictus, I, I'm not even, whatever ones that, that people follow, I can't beat them on programming. So for my aspiring athletes, I can talk about, uh, we talk about performance. So performance coaching is what I do with them. So here's all the things outside of training to be the best, um, you know, but when it comes to actual training, so I do follow Mayhem. Historically, I followed CompTrain and that was, I was following CompTrain, uh, individual athlete track, you know, when I was 39, 40, 41, and the volume was out of control. Like I okay. was, I was. It was doing so much volume that I did not have the requisite intensity in that volume. And you're, you're always balancing that. Intensity is the magic pill. Intensity is what cre creates dramatic uh, uh, change in your body. Um, yeah. and, and I think mentally as well. I mean, intensity is the key. But volume is, uh, is necessary. So you have to find this, like, you know, intensity on back squats. I'm not talking about that. It's that I have to do back squats for volume. But then in a particular Metcon, I am looking for that intensity. I am looking strategically for, if this, is this Fran? Is this a three minute workout? Okay, then I am gonna, I am going to accomplish this in three minutes. Or is this, um, is this a 25 minute workout? There's a different level of intensity at 25 minutes and, and then at three minutes. So I'm trying to maximize the stimulus of that particular workout while accomplishing all of the volume that I'm going after. So in my, in my early ventures at trying to be competitive, I was following Comtrain, I was consistent, but for me as a 40 year old, it was too much volume and my intensity sucked. So I, mm. I just, I, I would just get through a 10 minute workout. I wasn't, I wasn't, <laughs> um, I wasn't outworking anybody. I was just getting the work done. I wasn't outworking anybody, if that That's makes sense. a good way to frame sense. it. Yeah. Yeah. Then. I switched to CompTrain Masters when I finally relented. I was like, okay, fine. I will follow a master's program. I went with CompTrain Masters, which was probably two to three pieces of work per day, all in one session. So it might be strength, Olympic lifting, and then metabolic conditioning or some sort of variant of that. And that decrease in volume um, kept me getting stronger. So I still was getting stronger, but my intensity was much higher. And actually for me, it was like, okay, if I'm only doing this much for for training today i'm gonna make it hurt like you know i am going this is going to hurt and again i'm paying yeah. attention to my body i'm not on a day that i'm just dead if you, i know you're wearing a whoop i, I wear yeah whoop. if i wake up in the red i'm probably not going to try to kill myself today but I, i'm still going to work hard um so there was that and that that decrease in volume made my training sessions much more focused i was i was very focused and then that turned out to um, to do, I did really well at the games with CompTrain Masters in 2018. I got third place. 2019, I won the games following CompTrain Masters. In 2020, nice. I decided to make a switch. I wanted to to try something else, but I didn't try like a dozen programs. I just I tried Mayhem for a week, and I was like, ah, I like it. I'll just do this. Okay. And what yeah. Mayhem did for me was it increased the volume probably by 25 to 30 percent, which is a good bump. I mean, it's a good bump in volume. But it broke up most days into two sessions. So ah. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, it was two sessions. The first session would be, for, for the most part, similar to what I would do with comp train. It'd be, you know, maybe a strength piece, a lifting, uh, Olympic lifting piece, maybe a Metcon, some sort of variant of that. And the second piece would either be um, just another metabolic conditioning or maybe 45 minutes of zone two work. Uh, and I, I really, really liked um, that additional 
uh, an additional session. And it was the second session is always a session where I, like, I don't have to warm up for like 45 minutes because I'm not going to be snatching heavy during the second. The second session is going to be something that requires a, a moderate warm up, like, you know, 15, 20 minute warm up, get the work done and I'm done. And that's that was something I really, really enjoyed, really enjoyed that. So it increased my volume, but it was in a second session so I could really fuel, train, refuel, train, eat dinner, go to bed. <laughs> rinse and repeat again. every day yeah. and uh and then mayhem and same with com train they would increase the volume as we got closer to the games but uh once i got through semifinals over the past two years got through semifinals and now it's this six week training to the games the volume really does increase to and i, I shared a, a couple of videos on youtube about the volume for games training which is not normal volume it's not i i preach all the time train like you're 40 not like you're 20 um train like you're 30 not like you're 20 i think 30 sure. is 30 is different than 20 40 is different than 30 which is different than 20 so train your age but if you qualify for the games and you have this six week sort of ramp up period to be at your absolute peak performance you're riding the line of of volume intensity injury overtraining overworking you're just you're right on this fine line trying not to overdo it but do as absolutely much as you can i mean it's i mean my my caloric intake goes from you know 3400 calories a day through regular training season to 4500 calories a day during games training season and i'm wow. still losing weight during games training season because it's just it's it's that much volume and it's so hard to get that much food in without eating just candy bars all day or Doritos or going back to beer, which I'm not doing at, at any of the time. So yeah, I'm um, trying to fuel with good energy too. Yeah. With good energy. I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying to fuel well with nutrient dense. So my body can, can stay healthy through this process. But I think to answer your question, that was a long answer to my experience um, with volume and intensity, but it is finding something, trusting that process, trusting that program. If you trust it, um, you'll be good. You'll be good to go. And I, I only have experience with comp train and mayhem and they were both, um, very good, very well-rounded programs for me. Um, without any specific emphasis, there wasn't any, um, overemphasis on lifting or overemphasis on gymnastics. It was, they were both just really well-rounded. Uh, I can't speak to the other ones. Uh, I'm sure they're all good. I, I mean, I did, I did some monster mashups from linchpin years and years ago because yeah. they were oh, just, yeah. Like, okay, Pat Sherwood threw this gauntlet out there. Let's try it. All right, let's do this on a Monday. And they're just soul crushing. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think you if you find a program, sticking with it, and then it, ultimately if you trust it, that's all you get to do. There's no extra. Um, and I, and oh, that's, that's what good, I've done over the... That's I haven't deviated one. for years. No deviation. Okay. No, that's smart too. I've been doing... Um... I started this. I, I know a guy in the. He's more in like the powerlifting space, but he started doing. I ran a marathon back in 2017. Totally destroyed yeah. my knees and got. To, I couldn't really. I mean, I could run, but it was just like painful yeah. to run. But yes. I got into this whole thing with um, body weight lunges, and basically every day. At first, it was one lap around a track, just lunging body wow. weight, and it's incredible how wow. much cardio that is. And then it turned oh, into it's two. De deadly. Yes. I've been doing it every day for almost a thousand days in a row. So that's like oh the my end of my, of my workout, but I'm getting to the point yeah. now where I'm like, maybe I should just 
if, if I hit a thousand days, that's probably a nice like. Okay, that was a long enough streak. Now maybe it's time you to switch it. to just doing deep, deep CrossFit. You know, yeah. going into a plan a little more because I said I feel like I tend to do. Uh, I tend to either like tweak some things if I'm going to run short on time because I got to get the lunges yes. done um, yes. versus what you're saying, which is just go like all in on whatever program you are. And just, that's yeah. it. Do that. This is it. There's a reason it they're says. programming that. There is. There is a reason they're programming that. And like I didn't trust zone two uh, training for a while. And so if you're familiar with zone two, it is it's barely doing anything. I, I cannot I cannot run or jog in zone two. It, my heart rate goes too high. So I have to walk fast in order to ah. do that kind of zone two work. Um, or like on a concept two bike, zone two for me is is under 120 beats a minute. So I have to be really careful and take a nice leisurely pace. But zone two training does build long-term cardiovascular health, endurance, makes you, um, I mean, it really helps when you're doing aerobic work at higher levels but it's very challenging for me to work at such low capacity like i'm used to hurting but when it's like yeah. 45 minutes of zone two on the ski erg i mean that is literally just i could just not even use a ski erg and just about just like do body just pretend like i'm using a ski erg and i'm just yeah. about hitting zone two um but again it, it goes back to these guys know what they're doing and with with mayhem for me uh, Chris Hinshaw does all of the aerobic work. So he is the master of aerobic capacity. When that guy says, you know, this is, we're doing zone two work today on a Wednesday and on a Thursday, which is a recovery day. And we're doing, uh, we're doing active sprints on the bike. I don't, whatever he says, I know it's a recovery yeah. day and my heart rate is 190 beats a minute on recovery <laughs> day, whatever. I don't, whatever Chris Hinshaw says that day, that's what I'm doing. Um, yeah, and that, and that's I think that's important. Also, I have to applaud you on on a thousand days of of lunge walking. I can't think of any more challenging task, um, and that's because <laughs> lunge walks are a major weakness for me. Body weight okay. lunge walks. Um, you know, as I was training for the games, I had to do heavy front rack lunges, heavy overhead walking lunges, and it is just I don't know. I think. I think Mayhem thought we were definitely going to be lunging at the games because I did more walking lunges in six weeks with heavy, heavy loads than I've ever done in my life, ever. Oh, and that's interesting. I, I was ready. Like, if there was walking lunges at the games, I was ready to do 185-pound single-arm walking lunges with the other arm tied behind my back. It, whatever they were bringing, I was ready for that. And then we didn't, we didn't do one walking lunge. Um, but to do walking lunges around a track, uh, I actually have, in one of my programs, this is... Uh, I have programs like 12 week programs to help people get in shape. Nice. But one of them is 800 meters of walking lunges at a track. It's, and it's amazing. It is destructive. It is. It is. It's a tough one. And yeah, it's amazing. And you're what you're building with those walking lunges, that unilateral ability is just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It makes me like uh, my brain is like, I wonder if no, I should be doing some walking lunges. It's fun to talk about. The guy I yeah. got it from, his name's Corey Gregory. He started um, a, a supplement company called Muscle Farm back in the day. And yep. He does a lot of like old school bodybuilding and powerlifting. But he kind of did the same thing. Like he hated running, and he, yep. but he still wanted to build his glutes, his hamstrings. And for me, what it did is it fixed all of my knee problems. So wow. I ran the New York Marathon in 2017. Um, wow. And honestly, didn't know what the hell I was doing. Destroyed my <laughs> knees. Horrible time. It was a disaster. Yep. Yep. Been lunging ever since on and off wow. but the last three years it's been every day i mean every day wow. almost for three straight years 
Yeah. Um, and I decided for some dumb reason I want to run the Chicago Marathon this fall. So, yep. but what I'm doing is I wanted to test, you know, doing lunges for that long. Can it yep. translate into other parts of my fitness? Yep. And it's been interesting. I'm already building up. I did, uh, I did my like a 10 mile run last weekend Ugh, and at yeah. the end, maybe a little sore, but I, yep. I'm telling you, Jason, it's crazy how much it's translated into squat yeah. strength, just yeah, running. Yeah. I would say like oh, stability, yeah. like my, yes. I feel just stronger and I don't feel yes. like I'm going to get hurt this time. Um, yep. just from doing body weight lunges. And then I, my head goes crazy of like, can I do that with like push-ups or other body weight things? Right. You know what right. I mean? Cause I think it can yes. build, just build a lot of like baseline strength that then you can add weight on Absolutely. later on and help with and longevity. That's, that's actually how we're supposed to do it. We're actually supposed to start with mastering the body weight movements, which are, that's literally what gymnastics is. It's moving your body in all kinds of ways. That is the foundation that should be laid solidly before we tack on any external weight. Um, right. Oh, you're so, right. Yeah. If you had somebody that could do, you know, 400, 800 feet or meters of walking lunges before they ever back squatted, you've probably built a bulletproof human, which is at least for a bulletproof squatter. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Brilliant. And I, I am, uh, I'm doing a, a half, I did a half Ironman last year after the games. I um, saw you said you were signing up for another one. Yes. Yeah, signing up for another one, uh, because I had so much fun last year taking a break. So if I do this six week training up to the games, um, I inevitably have some weird aches and pains that it started to develop with that amount of volume. Um, sure. pretty standard every year. I sort of have something that, that starts to bother me. Like last year I, I had some serious tendonitis in my elbows that went away by taking six weeks off, doing a different style of training, accomplishing a half Ironman and then going back into CrossFit. That's what I'm gonna do again this year. Um, my body feels good. Everything feels pretty good. I had a little bit of a hip thing, but it's pretty healed now. Um, now I'm just, I'm actually, uh, I can't not do anything. Um, last year, I just trained for the triathlon. My brain is not quite that good at only doing one thing like that. So this year I'm following Mayhem Bodybuilding. It's a specific track in Mayhem. Uh, so bodybuilding, it's just gonna keep muscle mass intact. Keep me doing yeah. some full ranges of motion. Uh, and Mayhem Bodybuilding is not, it's, it's very functional bodybuilding. We've got squats, deadlifts, bench, uh, a lot of dumbbell work. Um, but there are curls, which is super foreign for me to be doing barbell for curls. For people, that's like not a thing yeah. that does. <laughs> no, nothing. But I did have strict pull-ups. It's keeping my body slightly, a little bit more engaged because I'm not quite as beat up this year as I was last year. And at the same time, like yesterday, um, you know, I, I did a, an open water swim in a, a lake that's just, just down the road here, a nice. sketchy, sketchy lake in Ohio. <laughs> uh, and last week we were in Indiana, we were up near um, Michigan city, up, up near Lake Michigan. So I swam in Lake Michigan, which was delightfully cool. Um, so I wore a wetsuit. It's, it was nice. great. Um, so yeah. I really enjoyed this little off season, different style of training. Uh, I applaud the ability the, the most painful part of the triathlon for me was the run. Um, all of my training, all the run, I love training the run, but once I got to the run in my triathlon, the first eight, nine miles were great. The last four miles were really, really painful. Uh, it just felt bone on bone. Like I meant everything was just done to yeah. take that distance. Even though I had, I had done some things before that swimming and biking, but to take that distance, somehow double that and, and spend four hours running. Yeah. Yow. 
Ouch. It's long. Um, it's long. It is long, but it's, I mean, it, it, the accomplishment you feel afterwards, even though you don't really feel that great immediately afterwards. I, I know for me, I did not feel like a champ. I felt like a guy that completed something that wanted to go die. That's basically yes. just wanted to go die. <laughs> Everything wanted to cramp up. Um, I thought that night I was just going to go eat all the food. I had no appetite whatsoever. Um, right? The next yeah. day, you the next like day shit. I had probably yeah. 8,000 calories worth of everything i ate everything the next day but the day of yeah. that's something it's weird it's like a i think any of those like endurance races what i think is interesting this is my two cents the crossfit is by far the best form of training for longevity for overall health i think it it's interesting i'm excited to do this race because it, it, i'm excited to see what crossfit training how it can translate into the yes. mental side of a lot of it yeah, too yeah um yeah. I feel like all like people that do CrossFit, it's whether it's a three minute Fran or a forty whatever. The length yeah. and time obviously changes constantly. So we're all good, I think, about like to your point earlier of just like fighting for points. You're like willing to yes. like, lay, like lay on the ground after you're done and die. Um I know even already I've felt uh through training just in the early couple of weeks, it's it's so much more mental. Like, cause you know, yes. the, by the end of it, your body's going to be falling apart. Like physically, yes. I don't think I can probably be prepared enough. Um, I don't think anyone truly can. You're going to fall right. apart. It's like, can you keep it here? Yeah. Uh, which I, it's, it sounds, it almost sounds, um, I don't even know what the right word is. It just, it sounds, it sounds messed up that you want to go sign up to do that, but it is yes. kind of a, it, it's, there is something just about competing and in, in, in like pushing your body to a limit. You don't know if it can yeah. do I think that's it. I think I think that's actually I think that's really it. It's it's after I finished the half Ironman, I was like, man, I'm probably gonna have to try a full Ironman sometime because now I've tasted it. I've tasted the pain yeah. and I want more. Um, it's a that's a whole different thing. You you cannot. That's a nine month, twelve month process. So that is not in the cards right now. But no, I do agree. I think when you're doing something like a marathon or or um, almost any distance on a triathlon. Or CrossFit, you you are signing up to do something that is outside of your comfort zone completely. And if it's a long endurance race, I mean the ultra kind of stuff. I, yeah, those touches guys are this, nuts. You are you're pushing your body beyond anything that it could imagine, and it is a hundred percent mental. I remember the last like two or three miles of this of last year's Ironman. It was everything to not stop. My whole goal was just never stop. Now I did. I allowed myself to get water to get uh electrolytes and um flat coca-cola this is just their thing ah, flat okay coca -Cola. at triathlons they have all the stations have like coke oh and i haven't drank coca-cola in years and years but um once i got on that run and i had that first drink of a of a warm flat coke it was pure magic it was like i was like <laughs> i can run forever from, from you're, here you're I, all this energy oh my god it was i it was it was a dopamine hit like nothing else it was truly unbelievable um but about every mile and a half to two miles there was a drink station so i would allow myself to slow down and walk get those going and immediately start running but then that last two miles there was nothing and it was every ounce of grit in my brain to not stop and walk it, it, literally but i had no choice you know when you make that deal with yourself yeah. like yep. you cannot walk you won't and so you're just going and everything in you wants to walk but your brain is never going to allow that ever yeah uh, to the point where once i got to the finish line um i was so stiff my body was so angry they're like i crossed the line and then i just sort of coasted for like 20 feet because there's no just stop you, uh -uh. you've been yeah, running no. 
No, you like you sort of come in for a landing and you're you're, you're <laughs> coasting past. And I, I I finally stopped. The girl handed me like a bottle of water and I dropped it and I just looked down at the floor like I can't get that. I can't. You're like I'm not picking that up. Yeah, I can't get that bottle of water. It was really nice. She picked it up and handed it to me. I was like, well, thank you. Um, but the other thing that if you could imagine this, you're the end of it, at the end of your marathon. You're in absolute agony. I was at the end of the triathlon in absolute agony. A buddy of mine that um, had actually roped me into doing the triathlon, he got hurt. So he couldn't do the run. He swam and biked and just waited for me to finish the run. So he saw me with 400 meters to go or so. He came out to jog it in with me. So he's jogging nice. right next to me. He's like, Jason, hey, I'm so proud of you, man. Just once you get across that line, they've got pancakes. They've got sausage. It's going to be – I'm like – Dude, you cannot. We, you can't talk about that right now. Like I'm gonna throw <laughs> up. I do. Th there is nothing I want less than pancakes and sausage right now. I want to. Yeah. I don't even want water. I'm just so dead. But literally, he was. Uh, I was like, "Thank you, Chris. This is great." But dude, don't talk. I can't talk about food. And um, I did not have pancakes and sausage there. Like I was. Yeah, I was at the end of myself, and there was no appetite whatsoever. Um, really, until the next day. I tried that night. I had a beer. And I think one or two like chicken wings, just nothing, no, nothing sounded work. good. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? It's just like it's your so body. Weird. I think, I think your body is just like in this fight or flight mode. Yes. What the hell's going on and yes. using every ounce of everything you have. And then you, you, I think it's hard for your body to then realize it's over or something. Right. Cause I remember that. Yeah. It, just feels, it felt like your body like was still fighting everything Ugh. even hours after. It was a battle. I remember like driving from the race to a grocery store to get some fruit, just uh -huh. some fruit in my system and just walking into the grocery store to the whole foods to grab some raspberries was max effort. I was <laughs> walking like a 95 year old, uh, decrepit old man. And I, like, I just wanted to have it's a sign so on true. me that said, I just killed myself. This is me. I mean, I'm, I'm caked in salt and dust and, but yeah, I got, I got raspberries wow. thinking these raspberries are gonna be so good. Got into the car. I'm like, oh, these are awful, but I have to eat something. That's not my favorite thing. I love raspberries. Nothing, but um, yeah, still. the body is in this in this terrible spot at that point. But a good night's sleep and the next morning is like, okay, hey, I'm ready to go to the store and buy a half a gallon of ice cream and yep. I want pizza for lunch and I think I'm eat a bag of chips. Like every calorie oh, yeah. that I could consume, it didn't matter its nutritional value. My body was craving everything, so I allowed myself a day of complete gluttony uh and that's then, awesome <laughs> and then back at it you know yeah hell yeah no you got to i mean after something like that that's how would you rank and i know we're, we're getting short on time yeah. how would you rank the pain of yeah. finishing the crossfit games versus the pain of let's say like a triathlon are, are they oh, totally the different things yeah totally different the triathlon was way more painful in its duration um you know, at the swim was great. I really enjoyed the swim. That was like a, that was a test of courage for me. So I got okay. through that. I was ecstatic after finishing a, a 1.2 mile swim, uh, without help, without assistance. It felt great. Got on the bike and the bike was great for like 25 miles. And then the next 20, 30 miles, terrible. And uh, then the run nine miles, great. And then like four miles of awfulness. So just the, the duration of the pain was, was high. I would say the, the pain was like, on a scale of one to 10, the pain is a seven to an eight to a nine in those really tough times in the triathlon. Now on the CrossFit game side of things, um, there were a couple, there were two individual events 
Um, both of them were out on the field. Uh, the one was the first event where we had long running, heavy dumbbell push press rope climbs. That was very, very painful. And there was another event that had wall balls, um, big sandbag carries and sled pushes. That was also, so that was pain level 10, like pain level. I was pushing the sled to finish this one event. It's, you, you've got a hundred yards to push this sled and you're just getting to this lactic threshold where your legs, you're pushing like, let me get to 20 steps which is only like 15 yards, like 20 <laughs> steps. And you get there and you're like, you stand up and the pain shooting through your legs is so extreme. And I'm in the lead at this point. So I'm, I'm standing up in absolute agony. And I look up and I can see on the big, uh, big jumbotron. It's yeah. just me in agony. That's I'm, I'm the guy I'm looking at. I'm like, okay, oh, that's well, hilarious. <laughs> I got to get back to work. And I just pound like, 20 more steps until this, the absolute shock of pain is going through my physical body. So there were, the, the games has these spikes where you hit level 10 in pain multiple times in a single workout. Um, but yeah, the triathlon is just this, like, you just stay at a nine for the last couple miles, like 15 minutes at nine versus the sure. games where you spike at 10 and like, you, you, you can't move. You're like just standing there until you see yourself on the jumbotron and you're like, well, I, this is not looking, this is not the what I want to present to the world. So you just get back to work. Yeah, no, I love that. That's, that's wild. And I definitely yeah. can see that. It's amazing. You guys were able to recover and then like go back hours later uh, and crush another one. That's yeah. There's, there's, lot, there's some insider tips on that. There's it's recovery between events is absolutely key. That may be another podcast, but we could talk for yeah. an hour on that topic of how to recover between uh, excruciating events in order to maximize your output in the next event. I mean, it's, there's a whole strategy to that, and it's essential. It's essential. You have to perform at at maximal. And the, the more events, the better for me, because I have done really well at being able to recover and then present myself with max effort again and again and again. I think that's been one of the biggest factors uh, for my success is that I get better through the weekend. I get better. I get stronger generally. And um, I may have a slow start. I've always had a slow start at the games, and then I just get better and then and then just crush some events, remove all hope. Yeah. Ideally. Love that. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. We definitely yeah. should do an episode two where we dive into that. Cause I think that that would be wild to talk through. It'd be good. Um, really good. As we, as we get to the end here, there's a few questions I always love to ask everyone that cool. comes on. Cause I'm sure you're going to have lots of cool answers to this. The first one is just, and you mentioned one, but would love to know if that's the one or if there's another one, um, just a, a book, a source of knowledge. So whether it's podcast, book, journal, yeah. Anything for the audience today that you would recommend them checking out? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I do like Undoctored. I, I, that's a, it's a great book about taking charge of your own health. Um, you know, we generally, as a, as a society, we've leaned into the medical system to take care of us, um, to provide guidance for us, um, and th there's just a lot of it that's not, that, that's outdated. Um, mm -hmm. My doctor doesn't know more than me about nutrition. Um, for example, um, the food pyramid, the government food pyramid is just incorrect, highly incorrect. So undoctored is really that idea that you are in charge of your health and it's up to you um, to take to take to take charge of it. And there's tons of resources and tools in that book where you could just you can you can. I haven't, but you can uh, get uh, blood, blood drawn, your own blood drawn and have your own test done. Like, here's 
here's the formula to determine how your body is doing. And here's where to get this blood drawn or, or, or have this tested or this test. You could do all that stuff without having to go to a doctor. Not that you shouldn't go to the doctor. You should go and go do all the things you're supposed to do, but you have that power. So it was, it was very empowering. And, uh, as far as podcasts, um, I mean, I, I consume podcasts through all of my training. I'm always, always listening to podcasts and absolutely love them. And I, I mean, I'm a, I do love listening to the Tim Ferriss podcast. Um, I think there's a lot of, uh, optimizations in, in competition and sports that can be drawn from a lot of his guests. They're yeah. really long form. Some of them totally not interested in other ones are just, just really good. So, um, I always need nice long form things to listen to. So, um, you know, Shane, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to go back and listen to a lot of your old episodes, especially the Pat Sherwood episodes, because that'll be super entertaining while I'm killing myself in workouts. Or I was going to say, 10 mile that's training a good runs. one. Um, yeah. I've had Marcus Philly on here. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's another one we didn't get a chance to talk about, but I've actually been doing some of his programming, too. And yep. this is interesting because his is all about functional movements but feeling good after. So it's a lot of yes. like tempo work. And, yeah. And honestly, yep. I get done and I feel like I have a pump and I did functional movements, but I don't, I don't yes. feel beat up. So it's a little bit and you different. Just, you have to be so good at counting. Um, yeah. Counting your sets, your reps, and your tempos. Like, you will be a mathematician and be built, like, your internal clock will be refined. Uh, 100%. Doing some of his work, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then um, you got, I had Matt on here too, Matt Frazier. So that'd be oh, great. a good one. Yes. Good, good episode. Uh, he just That's talks awesome. about all kinds of stuff. Uh, you yep. know, obviously, he's the GOAT. He's um, the GOAT. What? So that's awesome. Definitely. I'm going to, I'm going to actually buy that book right after this. So thank yeah. you for that. Um, the next one is, so for you, you're obviously doing coaching. Obviously yeah. you're, you're now a professional athlete and you have been for a while. You're doing lots yeah. of different things for everyone listening. What do you use as a tool just to get shit done? Are you a pen mm. and paper kind of guy? Do you use some sort of app? Oh, Are you man. a calendar? You like, whatever, whatever your tool is, is to just like organize your yeah. life and get everything done. What do you use? I have, I've dabbled in multiple things. Um, I have really enjoyed pen and paper stuff. I used uh, a book called The Best Self Journal for uh, a couple of years. Probably one of my favorite things to use. It's literally, it's a journal. I write the three things I want to accomplish that day. Got my schedule on there. But I, I am such a digital human being, so digital, that uh, over the past few months, I've switched over to using Evernote, okay. uh, which is literally... In, in my mind, Evernote is like an external hard drive, an external RAM. Uh, I, I cannot keep everything in my head, so I live off my calendar and and Evernote. So every thought, every meeting I have, everything goes into Evernote as a big, giant pile of sticky notes. And then I go in there and organize that, and I create to-dos with that. Uh, so Love it. And the thing I like about that is that I've got my phone with me all the time, iPad, computer, um, whatever I'm using, Evernote. It's just kind of there. So I, I've always been a fan. I've, I've stepped away from it to go pat like pen and paper, which is the most aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. But not as functional as just uh, having a to-do list in Evernote and having Evernote capture every thought that I ever have. I uh, I used to use Evernote religiously. I should go back and check it out. I haven't used I it in a long time. Um, and I've been trying to do pen and paper. It's funny. I've had like the exact same workflow you have because I've used yes. this thing called a full focus planner for a long time. Same yep. exact thing. There's something about like big, three big things that are building yes. towards the goals you're going for that's just helpful. Yep. Um, but then I'm always sprinkling in digital stuff too because inevitably just – there's something about writing things down, but it's not – when you have a million things going on, I'm, I'm yes. struggling to connect the – 
the the digital uh, yes. simplicity of just having everything in one place versus yes. writing it down and, and I don't know. Yeah, I'm with I you, agree. They're I, both it's, good. It's, it's a good question. I almost I mean I, yeah, it's, it's really good. And I I I so much prefer the aesthetics of pen and paper. I just can't I you're right. I have there's too much content that I end up having to capture and then organize, which is where Evernote, if you haven't been back to Evernote, um, the interface is it just gets it just gets better and better. Um, okay. I hadn't used it for years, and I just uh, I just saw it a, a couple of months ago, and I was like, okay, let me just try it again. Oh, sure. Dang it, it's really good. Why haven't I been using this the whole time? So it's good, but it's, it can also be customized to use it in so many ways. So I still every excuse me every day have my three important things I'm doing today. Like if I accomplish these three day, thing these three things, my day is accomplished. And then yeah. I have this like litany of to do's like order this on Amazon or, or, you know, all these little things, sure. but the three big things are the things that have to get done to move me more towards the specific outcome in, uh, outcome in life. I really, really, really like that. Yeah. I know it's yeah. funny when I, I, my, I keep pointing over here because my full focus planner is behind the, the <laughs> yeah. computer, but I, um, I notice when I, well, actually, I'll give you a quick story. It's funny. I always wanted to start something. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I, I when I got out of school, I was in finance. Long story short, yep. I tried little things, but just never got traction. Then uh, during the pandemic, uh, between the podcast and another business that me and my business partner today that I spend my like, full time on, we started. I genuinely go back to that. And I think that's the one tool that went helped me go from a concept to laying specific tangible daily activities that build yes. toward the goal and doing that consecutively for like an entire year right. is what I think genuinely allowed me to jump from like the corporate world to working for myself. Yeah. Um, so some of it, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to run too far away from it because I, I do genuinely think there's so much value in stopping for 10 or 15 yes. minutes while I'm having my coffee. Like what, do, yeah. what needs to get done? What yes. feels important, but maybe can wait. And like, what are three major things that are going to move the business yeah. forward, fitness forward, family forward, all that stuff. Um, yeah, I'm with you. The big three thing is is huge, huge, huge. And and I think when I more reflect on it, I think I think both can be okay. I think mm -hmm. that pen and paper to slow down, to create that that acute focus, and then also that repository of Evernote that is here's all the things, but here's what today is. And I could see I, my desk is is this wide. And so yeah. I could have Evernote on my iPad right here and I could have my open notebook right here with like the, the handwritten uh, components there that are just like taking a look at yesterday. And, and over time, you see this progress. It's so tangible. Yes. So I, I don't know. I'll probably have to order a notebook now. I'm probably going to have to go back. <laughs> just talking. About I'll send you the it. one I use just if Do. you're interested. Um, I love that. It's. It sounds very similar to the one you were using. I'm sure yeah. the concepts are the same. I think what's helped me, and I love that because I'm, I'm the same way. Me and my business partner have, um, we use uh, like the Google workspace world for everything. We're, we're both remote. So it's helpful yep. to, everything's there. And then it's helpful to go through it and like kind of boil the ocean into my notebook. And yes. I feel, you know, Ooh, I like that. At the, there's yeah. something at the end of the day too, I think with like, even if you, to your point, you get big, three big things done. It's like, you know, today was successful either. Yes. Even if it's not like the biggest task in the world, if it's important, but you get it done. Exactly. Um, no one's figured it out, but I think there's like a little tip <laughs> like that. I'm going to check out Evernote. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the last question, and this is the most important, is just for folks listening. Obviously, Jason has told a really cool story today. Um, how can people find you, 
Yeah. How can they get involved with your coaching and all the things yeah. that you offer? Yeah. And, and just in general, from a social media perspective, how can people yeah. find you? Well, thankfully, um, thankfully, Jason Grubb has become a pretty uh, searched Google term. So Googling Jason Grubb, you're going to find awesome. almost everything. But uh, yeah. it's Jason Grubb, uh, all one word, underscore fitness is Instagram. Uh, JasonGrubb.com is my website. Uh, from there, the About page has links to everything. Uh, search Jason Grubb on YouTube and you'll find me. Uh, but those are really my three big channels, uh, Instagram, the website, and YouTube. A uh, lot of free, YouTube, a lot of good content on YouTube that um, has really exploded over the past couple of months. Um, I've had one video, I think probably the one you stumbled on, yeah. that is almost at 600,000 views. And it Wow, congratulations, that's huge. Recorded with a GoPro in an RV park in uh, South Dakota. And it was just my story. Just decided to share my story, which needs to be updated. Man. Yeah, and it's it's uh, consistency has been really good on all across all those channels, and um, yeah, it, uh, if anybody wants to connect with me in my Instagram uh, profile, my phone number is there. Uh, it's it says text me seriously. Uh, wow. I, I get texts all the time from people just saying hi, and I appreciate that. So if you want to reach me. That is my direct line for as long as that's sustainable. <laughs> that is amazing, Jason. Yeah. I mean, that's, yep. yeah, that alone is something that next to no one does. So very, very yep. cool. Yeah. Um, and I'll add all this to the show notes. So anyone listening cool. can also go to the show notes and, and click on all this stuff and it'll all be there. Um, Jason, one last question, actually, as I'm, as yep. I'm feeling my hand, this is a funny last question. Any yes. tips to avoid the, this? I, yeah. I was doing muscle ups yesterday and I'm definitely not good at them, but I'm finally getting it so I can do like three, maybe four consecutively, which to me is a huge, has been a huge win, yep. but I wear grips. I have chalk. I don't know, but I, yesterday I looked down halfway through Angie, which is yes. like not a long workout, just an intense yep. one. And I was like, Oh, it was like, this is probably the worst rip I've ever had. It's not horrible, yeah. but it's, yeah, that's a rough one. Yeah. Any tips on, on just not um, ripping? <laughs> Wear better grips. Um, really, okay. really, it is better grips. Um, and I have a video on YouTube on grips, so you could, you oh, could I'm Google that. that. Out. And it's, okay. it's not only having good grips. So Victory or Bear Complex, those are both really good grips. Um, but the way that you have those grips, you literally want your palm on the bar, like pinching at, a, at about your thumb. Like I'm never holding onto the bar there it's always way way up so the grip is bearing almost all of my weight the, it's I'm, it's pulling my wrist the grip oh. is 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 really so pulling. i'm probably like i'm actually gripping too much of my hand yeah too much of your hand you're up oh. there like this we want the grips to flap over and you are in a false grip um and that's going to shorten the range of motion for pull-ups uh for muscle-ups it's also keeping that range nice and short and you're just you are locked in there. Your body weight is pressing the grip between your hand and and the bar. It's locked in there. So all of the weight is being borne by your wrist. It's pulling on your wrist oh. as opposed to your grip or your hands doing most of that work. So Got for it. me. Oh, that's crazy how can, small of a difference that is. But that huge. I can totally visualize yep. why that's so different on my hands. Yep. It's going to save your hands. Um, now, it depends on the barbell or the bar you're using. If it's a nice grippy bar, you'll stay on there for days. If it's a uh, a really slippery bar, you'll have to re-grip and get your hands up there quite frequently. But yeah. uh, that's the key. Lots of chalk. I, in my grip video, I also have another recipe for making even a slippery bar really grippy with chalk and, and sugar, believe it or not. Oh, so, okay. Um, oh, very cool. Yeah, watch the, 
there's a little insider tip on that. That uh, who came up to? Oh, Brett Brett Fikowski, uh came Funny. up to me at the games. He was like, Jason. I was like, yeah, Brett or Brent, Brent, <laughs> Brent Fikowski. Um, yeah, he came. And I was like, Brent. He's like, hey. Uh, and it's always funny because I have this shirt on. It says Grub, right? But yeah. when someone comes up and, and says Jason, like they know me outside somehow. And so sure. Brent comes up. He's like, Jason, hey, I watched your grip video. That sugar with that sugar water trick, like that's huge. I'm like, I know it is, right? That's so hilarious. I'm not going to tell you. How you, cool. you have to go out and find it now. Yeah, you've got to go out yeah, and find I it. Yeah, definitely. Now I'm um, extremely intrigued because I'm like crying today yeah. trying to to use any sort of weight in the gym <laughs> it's terrible Ter it's like, not good and we in training you these hands have to be okay like i i deadlift with grips um not because i'm i I'm, I'm weak it's just because i want these hands to be fresh and ready for whatever volume they need i don't want to sure. be doing push-ups and thinking about a rip on my hand i mean uh, that's what i did today like yeah i was doing yeah. push-ups and like i'm like don't get this on too much on the ground yeah, yeah. you're all you'll try to like <laughs> like try to try do to this yeah. your hand yeah it doesn't work exactly that is too cool, man. Well, thanks for the tip, and I will definitely it. check that out. But first and yeah. foremost, Jason, thank you for the time. I really appreciate it. it. It was great to meet you. Great to have you on the show, and um, really looking forward to seeing your future success, and uh, hopefully we can see you make it four in a row. Um, that's the plan. Love it, man. Awesome. Thanks, Shane. Well, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it, and uh, you got thanks it, man. for coming on. You got it.